if you as the producer or you as a director or the writer don't believe in the project, your crew will not believe in the project. Yeah. Meaning the project does not have faith, meaning it's going to die. I know that sounds very harsh, but it's the truth. You, the director, the producer, the writer is the driving force in the heart of that whole project. So you have to reverberate that energy throughout your entire team. My name is West Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with writer, director, and CEO, Jewel Hamrick. We discussed his philosophies about the entertainment industry, his thesis film, Exposure, and why he decided to start his very own production company, Ivy Vision. If you enjoy this episode, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It's truly a huge help. And if you do, I'll send you some tungsten stickers for free. Just get in contact with us on any social media so I can get your info. And don't forget to check out the video episode on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Episode 60 of the Tungsten Originals Podcast. Jewel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Good. It's going real good. Um, currently, I'm at work, so I don't really... I live in my work clothes and uniform. Yeah. But, um, you're our first it's paid going guest because you're currently getting paid right now. <laughs> I'm getting paid. Um, yeah. So this is... I know. I'm very grateful for my um, my job. They let me do this. Um, so <laughs> this is kind of cool. How are you, Wes? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's so um, nice to get back into interviewing people. And I'm so glad that, you know, you are our, I guess you would be our second interview back for this new season, if you want to call it that. And it's been a long time coming. I feel like we've had multiple conversations about you've been on the podcast since whenever we took classes together. And so it's fine. It's like really exciting to finally have you on. Um, But I, uh, you know, I want to talk all about your company, Ivy Vision, of course, your thesis film exposure and all the exciting things you're doing with that stuff. But before we dive into that, I want to get into your backstory and how you got into this industry in the first place. So, of course, you're a SCAD film grad. That's how we know each other. We took senior two together. And, mm-hmm. you know, that is, of course, a big part of your career. But I was looking at the Ivy Vision website and I saw that you're from Houston, Texas. So could you tell me a little bit about how you got into filmmaking, how, like what your first project was and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so yes, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, didn't really get into filmmaking until my junior year of high school. Um, I was all throughout like my childhood and, um, into high school. I wanted to be a actor. I was like, very much wanted to be in front of the camera. I was a, did commercials as a kid, um, had the headshots, resume, the whole nine yards. But um, I really got into, uh, they messed up on my schedule in high school. Uh, I wanted to be in the musical theater class and uh, they actually put me in this film class or this like <laughs> what they thought was a film class. It's like, right. I don't know. High school film classes are really not film classes. They're just like, Hey, yeah. we got these digital cameras and Hey, we got <laughs> these like 
microphones go shoot something so and then we'll make it a film and then we'll go put it in these little competitions and see if you win right so that's exactly what my that's exactly what the class was about but I wrote my first screenplay in that class and um just because it was an assignment never written in a screenplay before it's actually this if you look back on it now you would be like this is the worst screenplay ever it's in the worst format it's actually in a notebook um (laughs) nice that's um, amazing but um It was fun. It was fun. And then um, I I really enjoyed writing that screenplay to the point where I was like, Mom, this is what I want to do. I want to I want to make this film. So she gave me a loan of six hundred dollars and I I didn't use the six hundred dollars to make the film. I made the film for free with all my church friends from my um, (laughs) from my uh, church. And um, we made the we made the film for free. It's called Bash. It's actually still the mm. most watched film in the Ivy Vision like collection um, of films. Mm. It's it's still the one. But um, and then I took the six hundred dollars that my mom gave me, rented out a theater, and I made uh, I grossed a thousand dollars, and then I I oh, wow. gave her the six hundred dollars back, and I kept three hundred dollars to myself. So that's when I had to, I proved to my parents, to them both, that I was like, I'm serious about doing this filmmaking gig. Um, So that's how I I got into it. And then um, I used Bash to get into um, SCAD. That's how I got in. That was Mm -hmm. my thesis or my um, entry film into SCAD, um, which was fun. That's so, I love hearing about people's like high school film classes because I never had that. So like, that's such a cool thing to me but whenever you like were writing it i just think it's interesting that you started off wanting to act like was your original goal like film acting or stage acting or just really any kind uh commercial and film acting um so i did uh, a commercial for space city houston um which is nasa basically um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i did a couple of auditions uh, one was for a Denzel Washington movie, um, and then one was for Nike. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it was actually the Nike at the end of the Nike audition that I really messed up on because, as athletic I, as I was throughout my childhood, I wasn't really good. Um, never found a sport that I actually was like really good at. So. Um, yeah. It was like, I think it was a soccer and I played soccer. So that's why I got into the audition really because I had experience in soccer, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like freaking good at it or anything. So I got into it and I flunked. I really did really bad. And uh, I was like, I really messed up mom. And she was like, it's okay. You're going to have auditions like this. You're not going to nail every audition. And it's like, she's like, this is a career that like, you have to want to do it in spite of. And it's like, and she asked me that question, do you want to do this like for your rest of your life? Do you see the process that this is? Do you, you, you experience that you're not going to get every audition, you're not going to do this, do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Cause I want to <laughs> confirm, I want to confirm paycheck. Like I don't want, I don't want right. to strive. And also it's just, the actor's life and i that's why i give props to actors because our true actors 
thespian actors because they're doing it because it's something that they love to do and they're born to do and they that's something that they live and breathe like to have that passion for it uh for a craft is something like no other so and if you wanted yeah. and, and the thing is um even now that i'm starting to do it with ivy vision um you're starting to realize that your your craft does not feed you every day it's 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 a something that you have to want to do and you have to love to do um even if it's one dollar or a hundred million dollars you got to mm-hmm. want to like do it regardless and you want to do it at the best caliber as you can so um that's mm-hmm. what i'm learning um especially with ivy vision because it's a startup like i don't even pay the people that work for me um you know uh they do get incentives on different things um and we do help them out but um you know i haven't gotten to the level where i can put them on a payroll yet but you know on right we're working towards that that's the goal um to get you know uh, creators an opportunity and also give them what they're worth i'm so glad you brought that up because that is like i have the exact same goal with tungsten you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the dream is to be able to just make amazing things with great people and like pay them well <laughs> mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's a um, i think that's fantastic it's an ambitious goal for both of us but i feel like yeah it's it's something that is possible um mm-hmm. and it's something that a lot of it's needed it's needed especially in our in yeah. our um in our field of in our field of entertainment because people are not getting paid how they should and um you know going through the film school aspect and knowing these positions and and knowing those late nights that people that producers go through and and what crew go through and like just going Mm. through this pandemic you get to see how vital things are how vital your positions are and how vital your crew is and, and all this other things mm-hmm. y and z and things of nature so i think that that's why i want to do it because it's something that's a need and it's something that could be beneficial for the industry not just like our our companies but just the industry itself yeah 100 percent. and you you hear especially at film school you hear so many horror stories about like um working for free or like you find a job and it's actually a scam and you know all these like horror stories and it's like well what's the best way to make it better and it's like well to just like try to do it yourself you know what i mean yeah um filmmaking and you know this is trial and error um you know going through film school is a trial and error like i was explaining that i didn't Sometimes I didn't utilize as many of the um, the tools and the necessities that I could have, or you know, everyone says, mm-hmm. "Oh, I could have took this class instead of this class," or to benefit me now. But it's all trial and error. You just have to, yeah, you know, you kind of know what you want to do after you get out of film school. At least you kind of know what route you want to go. So you just have to excel in that route. You now you know the basics of what to do and um but now you just excel on that and it's not to say that you're doing Mm -hmm. it right or you're doing it wrong it's just you're just finding your way on how to do it and that's kind of like what we are doing with our companies it's kind of a trial and error 
you know, no, there's yeah. no rule book on how to start a film production company. Like, I know <laughs> if there was, I'd there buy is, it immediately. <laughs> I would buy it immediately, and I would take all the math classes yeah. I could. But like, there <laughs> right. is no really like way to do it. Like, I having I don't know yeah. if you haven't gotten into this, but rate cards are are something that you have to think of. Like, if I were to go into production, how much would I pay this person, or how much would I have to oh, yeah. take out of this? um mm-hmm. breaking down you break down not just budgets but you break down scripts and you're breaking down there's so much that you're doing when you're getting into the yeah. meat of a company and 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 making sure that everyone is taken care of or at least some everybody will be taken care of when mm-hmm. the opportunity comes into play and then you want to make sure you have content on deck and then you want to make sure that you yeah. have finances keep coming in. It's like you want to make sure everything is running so smoothly. It's like a, a well-oiled machine. So um yeah, it's a it's a it's we do we do a lot of things. <laughs> we do yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, and we really do. I'm already I was already excited for you to be on, but like this is just even more exciting because I haven't had anyone on. I think I don't think that like wants to do what we're doing, like make their own company and all this kind of stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm so happy and excited to like pick your brain about this stuff because i'm sure we've faced very similar issues and like have similar questions and stuff and after uh yesterday i interviewed uh jada cardoza her episode is coming out a week Mm. after this one comes out um but i interviewed her yesterday and before we started rolling you know we were talking about how i was interviewing you and like tungsten ivy vision stuff and she was like i you know, I respect y'all so much for wanting to start a company. I couldn't do what you do. And I said, like, I, I, you know, was very appreciative of that. But I said, I'm sure Jewel would agree. So much of it is just figuring it out as you go. It, so, it is. I'm glad and you brought that up. <laughs> Jada, and Jade is my best friend. So, like, she knows everything of the ins and outs of Ivy Vision before mm-hmm. anyone else does. So, like, um, she just, she came in for the day and she took a nap in my house, like, Jada has a key to my house, but like she just comes and she'll stay <laughs> over for a couple hours and then she'll go back to Atlanta. Hmm. So she came in and I was like, I had already come home from work. I was tired. I was in the bed. And she was like, so did you, what you do today? And I was like, I told her like the whole layout of plans and then what I was planning on doing on the next thing. And she's kind of like, well, you know, you're, you're going to do it. It's going to all work out. And she's like, so hmm. support, like she's so supportive, but yeah. like, even though she she can she can do that, the thing is like I want her to feel like so Jada's head of the post department, like she's head of all right. of, she she can control of all that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I want her to feel like she's a part of that's why I want another thing that is I want her to feel like she's a part of this company as well. Um mm-hmm. it's what she does is a big thing, like for her to take exposure into the pandemic very gracefully like um you know edit i mean we're so blessed to even have just shot footage beforehand but then going into Mm. post-production she took a big big charge in getting spencer and um you know sam and everyone and even our sound department uh the necessities that they needed in the pandemic trying to get everything it was just assets moving through the cloud all the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So just making sure that we had all of that. And she's the reason why exposure is able to be seen now um, because it took a while mm-hmm. for it to be done. 
um, sound. It took a lot for them to get things done because we're working literally in different states and um, right. at different times. And it's just it was a, it was very much a challenge. It took a very long time, but we're very glad that we took the time that we needed to do it. And she's she's the biggest. Mm the biggest i can't thank her enough i can't thank her enough on that one for but jade is great jade is jade is amazing um yeah her. i really enjoyed talking to her and it's so cool to have like a double feature podcast episodes about like two key people in the making of exposure so um that's it was just a really exciting opportunity so i was really happy to have her on um yeah but before we get a little bit more to exposure i want to go back to like the uh the genesis of Ivy Vision. So, you know, you you talked about how like you knew immediately after writing um, that short that you wanted to like you know be a writer director instead of like being an actor. When did you know that you wanted to have some form of your own company? Because I remember from my very first short film, uh, I had this obsession for some reason of having my own company, you know, having my own name. Of course it wasn't tungsten at that point. I, I went through like multiple different, you know, ideas and stuff like that. Tungsten is like way more recent and like certainly the best idea out of those ideas. But when did you know, like writing, directing is one thing, of course, but as we both know, trying to build a whole company and infrastructure is way, (laughs) way more on your plate. So when did you know about that? I I love that we're like on the same page on this. We're like literally it's like so cool. I this on, is really, really so special cool. to me because I yes. feel like we could talk for hours about what it's like yes. to try to do this stuff. Um, I'm loving this. Um, so it started it really <laughs> didn't start it <laughs> didn't really start when I started um that when I wrote Bash, it didn't start when I right. wrote What Was Left. It didn't start when I wrote Lucid. It started when Five Six Nine came out, actually, where the company aspect really started to settle in. Um, I just needed a name to cover the films that were underneath that I had already previously made, like Bash and What Was Left and and Lucid. Right. Um, so I had it under Jewel IV Productions. That's just how it was left. Um, and that was the base name and we just carried that name until 569. When 569 came out, 569 is like, I, that's, it's one of my, I don't know. I don't know. I want to say it's my favorite because Bash will always be my favorite, but I think it's my second favorite because it created a lot of things. It helped a lot of things and it was Mm. made for a lot of things. But one of the things that came out of 569 was the LLC portion of this whole thing was um, it was the first film underneath the actual name Ivy vision, which was just that I talked about. I, I, it was something that I talked about with my mother. It was a gift from my mother. Actually, Ivy vision is a gift from my mom. Um, Hmm. She's the one who, got me through college. She's the one who was very much full hand supported. My dad is, not to say that my father isn't, but she was the one that was like, you're going to SCAD no matter whatever, the cost, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you do, because this is something that you want to do. And she is my cornerstone. She's my rock when it comes to filmmaking um, and in life and really in general, she's like mm-hmm. my best friend, but, um, she got me that um and it was 
it's an investment. She doesn't call it an, a gift. She calls it an investment because um, not to say that she re- she's going to reap the returns, but she expects returns from that. And that's, I would, I, I think it's, it's the same feeling, but more uh, the feeling that I got when I first, when they gave me, um, they paid for my driver's ed for my birthday one year for my 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. Instead of buying me a car, they paid for the driving lessons. And I was like, why did you give me a certificate? This is stupid. Give me the car. Like, and <laughs> there was like, this is paying for you to take, to get the permission to, to you know, like it was an investment and that's what it was Yeah, for me to go mm-hmm. ahead and get into learning how to drive a vehicle and then the vehicle came later. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like how I see the company. Like it's something that, she's investing in and she doesn't see her. I mean, my mom works in media. Um, so she doesn't see herself working in her field of media too long. So it's something that she's going to base it in family now. Um, and yeah. I, I'm excited to see what she's going to do on her portion. She is on the board of Ivy vision. So, um, coming into that, I, uh, like five six nine is one of her favorite films so it's very much a a very much family affair when it comes to how the company came into play um Mm. my dad's very supportive of it um he's not on the board but he's very much supportive of everything he knows all the projects or and more projects that come and he's he's he loves he loves the fact that it's something that i can name after my own name that's something our names Mm. are very much they're important in our family. Um, he won't yeah. say that, but it's very much a thing because I'm the fourth and he's the third and his dad is the second. So they're expecting a five after that. And, you know, if they carry on the talent of, you know, or the craft of filmmaking after me, then they will have something to, to put it on, which is Ivy Vision or whatever mm. it is, you know, when I'm gone. But that's what mm. it is. It's a legacy. Um, it's an investment. Yeah. It's an investment, an investment for a legacy, and I think it's really cool. Um, so after five six nine, uh, we got the LLC in November, and um, you know everything kind of went up from there. And then after that, exposure yeah. was on the deck. Um, it wasn't really on the deck. Right. It came out of it came out of nowhere. You know, the, I feel like you kind of know little bits and pieces of how exposure came out, but. It was, yeah. it was like, okay, once the LLC came in and was like, all right, let's get to work and what's next? Like, what are we going to drop next? Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how Tungsten came apart uh, about too, because I like where it's going um, or I, I like how I'm feeling where it's going because you're picking up projects and that's something that I haven't mm-hmm. gotten into yet. And I was talking about uh, to Caitlin that I can't wait to pick up a project um, like and mm-hmm. be able to fully go in and, and, and distribute it and sponsor it and, and do the whole nine yards. Yeah. So something that that's something that you guys are doing. I love that. Um, I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. You know, it's it's cool to see how our different company journeys have been, because up until, you know, you talked about how like you uh, when you started it, you had like your mom on the board and like these people that, you know, you had lined up to work with up until December, Tungsten was really just me. Um, I of course like worked with a lot, you know, I don't want that to sound like pretentious in that, like I built this 
by myself. Right. But like I, of course, worked with people like Brooks and Kara. We're at the beginning of the podcast. Like this podcast wouldn't be what it is without them. You know, I've right. worked with like amazing filmmakers on different short films and stuff. Um, and all the people that have been guests on the podcast. Like it, it's right. certainly not just me. But I mean, in terms of like the behind the scenes business stuff was just me. And so back in December, I brought on Reagan. Um, and I we haven't... And, by this recording, we haven't announced that yet. But when you're listening to this episode, <laughs> it's already it's already been announced that Reagan is uh, on our team as a producer. Um, uh -huh. And, you know, now I've got like a sound editor for the podcast, a video editor. Um, right. Just today, again, when I'm recording this uh, right after our interview, I'm about to have a meeting with Reagan and someone else about them becoming like our distribution producer for getting those films. So it's really That's exciting great. to like. Yeah, it's so amazing to have a team now because there's only so much you no. can do on your own right. and being You're able to just like right. delegate tasks and have other people like um, care about it just as much as you do is like mm -hmm. just the best feeling. So I'm really excited. Oh I'm hoping right. that this is going to be a big year for us. So I'm excited. I I am I'm the same way. I can't relate. Like you just you just spoke from the Bible from, from that for real, like <laughs> having a team is like amazing and yeah. having a supportive team and people that are, that want to win. And it's not just about you, but it's like, they want to win as a collective, um, is right. something that I'm so blessed to have. Um, I mean, like mm -hmm. you were talking about meetings, like I have a meeting with my, and he's, and he's my marketing director, but he's turned into be like my, like an executive, an executive assistant now, almost something like having someone to just be there and get things done. And if they can't get them done, they're delegating it to something else. And I, I love having helping hands, even though like Jada's, Jada's not necessarily working in her department right now. She's well, she's working for Marvel, right. but she's not working for me right yeah, now. She's killing fact, it at Marvel, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, um, but she does jump over into the development pond sometimes, and you know, she'll, mm -hmm. she's like, hey, if you want, she's not, she, she's gonna. I tell her all the time she's gonna turn into a producer, and she's like, no, I don't like that. That's not something I'm into. She doesn't like pre production, but. You know, she said that multiple times in the episode too. She was like, "Oh, I tried. I took pre-production classes, and I hated it so much." And I'm like, and I, even though I didn't say this in the episode, but I was like, "You could be a great producer." Like, I just, I just could oh tell that God. she has like a good head she on her did, shoulder. She would kill it. She, she could do it. She's directed before. I, um, and mm. I gave her a shot on five, six, nine. Unestimated her. She, she's gonna have to tell you that story. But like, um. Yeah. I, and she's great. So she could definitely, I'm telling her mm -hmm. she's going to be a producer one day, but she'll come and jump the pond and she, like, she'll get in yeah. and she'll do some development work, whether it's just input or she's, we've created projects we haven't announced together yet, but we've, we've developed projects mm -hmm. together um, that we want to create together. And it's something that, mm -hmm. that's something that you'll start to do too is, Oh, well, you've mm -hmm. probably already done it. You know, developing projects within house is something that is so yeah. great because like I had a pitch from my writer's room like a week ago and having that something that you could just produce on your own and, and, and distribute out yourself is something that is great, you know, coming from a company aspect. And then it lets other voices shine as well.
too. That's, yeah. that's the fun part too. And that's why I like that you're picking up projects because you're not making it, not to say that this, you can, you can be a Tyler Perry and write all your projects yourself and, mm-hmm. and produce them all yourself, but it, letting other voices and let other, other, other stories come into light is something that I just, I love. And that's what filmmaking is all about. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Like that's one of the main, you know, looking at like the the mission statement of like Tungsten or whatever. And I'm sure like I, you know, was looking at your website and I want to bring up yours as well. But like uh, you know, the one of the main goals was to produce and promote original media made by like mm-hmm. my peers, you know? And so mm-hmm. um yeah, I certainly wanna make the stuff that like I wanna be like the writer and director. Like of course blueberries, we're gonna be filming that this year, like that is of course really important for me to make yeah i'm very excited it's no Um, no it's very no west that's very very important for you to make like i yeah i've read many drafts of it i'm still following the instagram page i'm so (laughs) ready to see that because it's something that it's a story that we need to see it's it's a story that we need to be Mm -hmm. told and it's and the thing is it's it it may seem very common like that's mm-hmm. one thing that I'm a sucker for is common themes or common stories that happen in every yeah. day, everyday mm-hmm. life. Um, but we, we take granted for that's a, your stories. We take it for granted because it happens mm-hmm. so normal and it's normal in our, in our everyday lives that we, we just like, Oh, that's just something that we have in our, in our life. No, but it happens everywhere. And yeah. putting that on a, on a silver screen is going to be very nice. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, thank you. I that really does mean a lot because, you know, I've told the story on the podcast about like how I had to cancel or postpone. I'll say mm-hmm. I'll postpone production because of COVID and everything, and that like really mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> to be fully honest, right. that was awful. That that last week of Mar- or uh, of classes March. in March, like mm-hmm. right when we realized that COVID is like a big deal. It's kind of funny to look back now and think that there was a time in which we didn't think it was a big deal now that it's like shaped everything about our lives. But um, so many things fell through and then I had to like pull the plug. So it's really incredibly important to me, you know, to make it. And I'm so like, man, I'm so excited because I feel like we have such similar thoughts on the type of stories we want to tell and stuff because like I... I was actually just talking to my producer the other day about this. Like I totally love consuming like really extravagant sci-fi films, you know, that like are really huge, big budget stuff. Like that is all I love watching. But right now in terms of what I want to make both myself and through Tungsten, like those everyday like family dramas or like interpersonal um, relationships like that, is what that's like really what I want to get into. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I like that. Um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, and don't get me wrong. I definitely relate to that on a, um, the sci-fi fantasy type S level, Mm -hmm. like definitely have some of those in the vault for sure. But like right now I'm really on the, the drama romance, interpersonal social issue, Mm -hmm type thing with you <laughs> right there like I'm yeah totally and even like even when it comes to the sci-fi stuff like there's absolutely still ways to make those films but have the core of it be about people you know what i mean like Correct. seth cunningham of, of mutual friend his 
his thesis film Genesis. I I think oh. of that as a similar thing. Like that is a sci-fi film, but at the core of it, it's about like people, about the characters, you know. It's about and so it's stuff about the like characters, that. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I um, um I love that film. So cool to me. That's one of that was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, this year or last year, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're in a whole new year. I keep forgetting sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> as much as I loving loving this new year, it's not a bad yeah. not a bad start. Um, right. On wood, I'm sorry, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I love the fact, and that's what's going to make these new you know tungsten and your visions and um, you know all the new startup companies that are going to come out or just names really um the diversity of the of those of those stories are mm-hmm. going to be really nice like uh you brought up genesis genesis is a really nice story um mm-hmm. very 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 hits a lot of points so i i, I like yeah that's those things you know those point hitting um and uh diverse stories that uh these young or us or you could say young filmmakers us are are coming out with um it's really good mm. really 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 good yeah yeah absolutely so like i said i was looking around at your website i wanted to like you know get a better sense of like the uh the ideas behind ivy vision um and so i found like you know a version of your mission statement that i want to read our company mm. strives to give an authentic dosage of social themes and cultural shifts through gener- genuine storytelling artistic collaborations and diverse voices. I love that. I think that's such a succinct way to wrap up what you're doing. Could you expand on that a little bit and like why you chose this to write it this way, like this language, like the the genuine storytelling, artistic collaborations and diverse stories could like diverse voices. I mean, could you like expand on what that means to you? Ivy Vision, uh, it's their visions. Um, that's, that's the cool, that's the cool, that's what I'm, if you go on my website, if you want to go look at, it's not going to say work. It's not going to say media. It's not, I mean, the the thing will say media, but uh, it's not going to say it on the page. It's going to say it's a vision because every, that's what we call all our projects, our visions. Because that's how they start off. Um, they come, mm-hmm. you know, spurts or ideas of, of sequence of, or whether it's writing or, you know, music or anything. Um, that's how they start off and Mm. i'm not going to be at the forefront of ivy vision that much um in the long run um you know yeah i'll be behind the scenes but people will be running the show too Uh, i have multiple departments uh casting department a writer's room and now we have a sound department that's coming out pretty soon um working on that but we want to tell those we want to collaborate with each um department that's one thing that i wanted to create is like i didn't want to outsource on anything um as if i needed music i could go to sydney Um, i mean sydney Mm -hmm. and nia if i needed um something edited and put together i could go to jada if i needed Mm -hmm. a script written i can go to elizabeth and she could pull one from the vault that we've already been working on or something um if i need the casting which i don't have a head of casting yet but i'll go to that that person so i didn't Mm -hmm. i learned so much about 
the entertainment industry just with being at SCAD. And I wanted to build a foundation of that at my, at my, in my own space um, to create, because it's like, you're going to need mm. talent. You're going to need sound. You're going to need things edited. Mm. You're going to need things filmed. So building that, that's how I, that's how I wanted to collaborate. And then sharing those individual stories, like the sound, I mean, the writer's room, I will not, I'm not going to be the showrunner all the time. If, if any of the times now I'm now demoting myself to a story editor because I rather look at the pieces of work that's coming out and help the pieces of work rather than pump out what I want or pump out what I think should be written all the time. Because that doesn't give other opportunities to shine or other people to have those opportunities mm -hmm. to shine. So that's what I'm going to be doing now. Um, so letting that happen in the writer's room so other stories can be told, not mine. Um, letting my sound department, uh, they're going to not just be working on putting sound into film but they're going to be making their own music which is going to be very very cool uh we tested it out during exposure and 569 a little bit where we got original music coming from ivy vision and it's ours which is really cool if you can have your own music written in-house that's great um but it is yeah. ours but it's not technically ours they can go do what they want with that piece of music. I'm not holding restriction to that. I'm letting them use it in our project and with as a distribution platform, but they are more than welcome to use that in their own artistry and their own craft. Mm -hmm. um, letting uh, with my, I haven't told anybody this, but this is an exclusive for you. My casting department, oh boy. I'm, going to, I'm going to start not managing talent, but I'm going to start booking talent. And I can't cool. wait to start doing that because that's something mm -hmm. that I fell in love with at SCAD within my last final years, meeting you actually, um, working with talent um, is something that is very crucial because it's not to say that they're the low, they're low hanging fruit, but they don't get paid like they should, and they don't get the right. screen time all the time. They have to work very, very hard to get to where they to be. Like those A-lists, it's a very small, small, small industry. It may look big, but it's very small. And we have so much talent that comes from our school and that comes here mm. in Savannah that's literally on the East Coast, really, um, that just need to be seen and need to be put on mm. and need work just to be, whether it's small, whether it's big, whether it's whatever, but they just need stuff for their reel. And that's what I think I'm going to start doing is adopting some uh, talent um, to put into the Ivy Vision, uh, you know, world and, and play with and basically see what we can put them in and see if we can escalate them and, and see what we can bring them. Um, I mm -hmm. do have, uh, I'm starting with it with exposure. Um, I do have a select couple of actors that I'm going to be working with and workshopping with for a little bit because of future things that are coming. But um, I'm excited. That's that, that's what I wanted to do. And I think that's why I, I wrote it to be that, because I wanted it to be inclusive. I wanted it to be something that uh, artists want to do. Um, and and whether it's mm -hmm. whether you're an actor, whether you're a producer, whether you're a director, um, Ivy Vision's open to all of those positions because eventually we're going to need those positions, whether it's 
tomorrow or whether it's in three years. So it's very important that we get those things together beforehand and before it gets, you know, busy and then we're looking for all these people and then we can't find them. But that's how it mm-hmm. is. We want to very much collaborate with anybody and anybody who has the same ambition, the same vision that we do. Yeah, that's that's so cool to me that you're doing like all the different parts of like the production, you know, like the casting, the sound and all that kind of stuff that that is just so cool to me. So I'm so glad you brought up the whole like, you know, you touched on the goal of diversity and inclusion. And Mm -hmm. that is something that is like very obvious from whenever you look at your website and just like all the projects that you're, you know, creating under iVision, like obviously inclusion is something that is really important to you. And it's like something that I'm striving for. I can always do better, um, but that I'm striving for. So what like in terms of diversity, like what do you hope to see in the future of this industry? Because especially with last year, but really in the past several years, like diversity has been a big conversation, you know, in Hollywood, but you can only talk about it so much without doing anything. So like, what do you hope to see um, some real change being? That's, that's something that my mother and I have a, a conversation about all the time is, you know, what how do we see the industry changing and how with what is going on in our world today mm-hmm. um and i and i think it's going to boost actually um mm-hmm. kind of kind of not it's going to be a much bigger reaction but um kind of like we always related to when jada pinkett smith um opted out of going to the oscars and it created this wave of oscars so white and right and it was just it brought so much attention to the fact Mm. that well there's a lack of diversity going on in the academy and now that we're starting to see it like now Issa Rae is on the board of the uh voting academy now um we're starting to Mm -hmm. see that these young but also diverse um creatives are starting to get into these higher positions now and that's really what is the is the thing we want to see those um we want to see those different shades of brown and those different shades of of color in um executive positions making the calls of what gets greenlit and what doesn't get greenlit um Hmm. we we also want to see writers being credited um for their work but we also see creatives now who've had their acclaim like your Shonda Rhimes and giving other people a chance to shine like Chris, um, Chris, who is the writer of Bridgerton. Um, and like you, that's kind of like what we're, we're transitioning into. Okay. Now the elites are letting, or now the people who've established their names in the industry are letting, are building their own names and companies and letting up, letting younger filmmakers come and and tell their stories um which mm. that's what i that's what i would love to see con- to, to continue to see now um and with with the diverse platform now we're starting to see like um american skin which is we're starting to see filmmakers regardless of funding or whatever um tell opposite stories of like what they want or what the world is now you know instead of seeing um 
black police brutality. We're seeing white police brutality in films. We're seeing a switch in content because black people don't want to be just slaves or beat up in films anymore. Um, like that we have a lot of slave movies that come in and out of Savannah. And that's one reason yeah. why I want to base myself yeah. here in Savannah is because I won't be making a slave movie. Um, Cause I don't yeah. want to see a slave movie. I'm tired of seeing these. Yeah. And it's not to say it's not to cut out the historical context of that because those movies are being portrayed how they were seen back then. It's not, we're not going to cloud the real the realness of that, but it's overdone. There are more stories mm. in the black community. There's more stories in the Mexican community. There's more stories in so many other cultures that can be told that have the same racial issue that we could be doing, but it could be tapped in somewhere else. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's one reason I like being here in Georgia, at least in on the East Coast, is because it's so historic, but you can draw from that history and create something totally different um, that can hit the mm -hmm. same way that all of these statues and all of these um, historical landmarks and all of these historical plantations hit, but you can hit them with visuals or you can hit them with a nice story that can relate the same way so um that's that's kind of like the, the grasp of of how i think that the film industry is going to go atlanta's booming it's, mm -hmm. atlanta's the only place that's open right now um la's closed and miami's on a curfew new york is getting right. where they're getting there they're not there there yet um but Atlanta's the only place that's that's open to work right now. If you're right, I mean, just for production. Um, so uh, it's 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 looking like that's where things are going to start being generated now. Um, a lot of things. There's no all the writing is still going to be coming out from L.A. and New York. Unfortunately, there's no major writing studios or um riding hubs in atlanta just yet which is something that if you're looking to start something new in the industry that's something you could get into is writing a writer's program or some type of professional writing in atlanta because it's everything stems from the coast um so right if we could get all that into one hub atlanta would be unstoppable when it comes to making productions um so that's kind of how it is um that i see the future of film going as of right now um when it comes to diversity um we're always going to be i feel like they're always going to be telling diverse stories it's just how diverse can you get um mm -hmm. is the question um can we push the envelope a little bit more um can we mm -hmm. push the pen a little bit more can we write a little bit more in depth of like what's really going on can we touch into some of those deeper you know issues that are those deeper stories that we would like to see and like to be told at least mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so do you have like you know thinking about the the future of Ivy Vision and stuff. Do you have like a dream mm -hmm. company to work with or like a dream actor or like, you know, any any types of those kind of dreams that you have for the company? 
Um, talent, not really, but I do have a dream company that I would love to like work with. Mm-hmm. Well, Jada and I are big fans of A24. Um, so we love A24 films and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to work with them. I would also like to work with, um, I love Plan B Entertainment. Anything that yeah. Brad Pitt puts his hands on, I'm a sucker for. Um, yeah. So uh, I know that's crazy to sound, but that also includes slave movies, but those slave movies. And this, okay, let's, I want to also go back to the slave topic, enslaved movie topic thing. Um, some talent, and that's another reason why I'm, I'm very passionate about talent because sometimes like if you look at big named black talent like your Taraji P. Henson's your Angela Bassett's your Viola Davis's um your Morgan Freeman's your um Lawrence uh Fishburne's your all those you go through all of them they all had to play that low level black role and it's not to say that that was a bad thing it made them who they are today and that's something that i want to give another avenue i want to give them another role not to say that you have to play that low level black role but what about mm-hmm. someone who's going to play kamala harris you know who's going to play kamala harris in this biopic it could be from my company it could be i could be able to cast the next kamala Harris biopic, you know, you know, I want to give something that's more empowering than degrading when it comes to a role that you have to play. And I, and it's not to say that I just wanted to hit that point because I do have friends and colleagues who played slave roles and that was their big thing. That was their big credit on their resume. And it's like, no, that's not who you are. We can still make Mm -hmm. something else. That's good that you can play that character, but let's not continue to play that character. Let's get you into another thing so you're not typecast. I don't like typecasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one thing I don't like. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm absolutely. sorry. I'm sorry to break, uh, break away that. I had to say No, that. no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I did want to talk a little bit about Exposure, which okay. is, of course, your most, recent, your most recent film, your thesis film. Yeah. So I... I had the wonderful opportunity to like, you know, read the drafts because we were in senior two together and like, you know, hear right. about the different problems you were facing in production and like see how it like evolved over time. Um, but, you know, for those listening who don't know about exposure, can you give like a quick synopsis of it and then explain how it came to be? Yes. So exposure focuses on Marcus Carter, who is about a 22 to 23 year old photographer um, who is in a down low relationship with his uh, lover, Levi. And um, he takes these photos of him that are not lewd. They're just um, very admirable photos. Um, And he puts them in this competition a photography competition when he finds out that Levi is not necessarily feeling the same way he's feeling about him. So um, it came about, uh, it's funny how that you said this, um, because exposure was not supposed to be my thesis. It's not supposed to be my thesis. Oh, okay. I had written a crime thriller called Plotted, and it's still literally sitting in my 
it's sitting somewhere. Um, and I had, I pitched this. I was like, this is it. This is it. I had spent all summer writing it, doing the research for it. I had gone in on this project. Like I was like, this is, this is it. This is it. And I wanted to go ahead and write it as a pilot. I was like, it's going to be a pilot mm. and it's a proof of concept. And I had a plan for it. So I pitched it to Andrew Meyer. If y'all don't know who Andrew Meyer is, Andrew Meyer is the producer of The Breakfast Club. And, mm-hmm. and when I'm saying like you're pitching, when you're pitching to these um, professors, they are very much like, they'll shoot it down in a heartbeat if it doesn't, if yeah. it doesn't vibe with them. So shooting this project was like a lot. So I shot it and he was like, okay, give me a couple of days. Which is like, whoa. Um, so he took a couple of days, he dissected it. I also sent it not just to him, I sent it to Sadwith, I sent it to people in the writing department, I sent it to a lot of people. They all loved it, except for there was two big things. One, it was too it was overly ambitious. And two, the plot and the character development were not strong enough. They needed to be tightened. And at that time, I couldn't wait because I was in senior one and senior one, you're really supposed to already have your thing ready to ready to go. So you spend your 10 weeks um, gaining crew and doing all the pre-production mm-hmm. work that you're supposed to be doing, not in senior two. So we get into that sad with, and that sad with, it was really the one who was like, Hey, this is really good, but save it just save it and i was like okay I'll right just save it. yeah so and then i come back with meyer after he you know he wants to meet with me he told me the notes he gave me some notes and he was like this is good but we should save it so i'm like hmm, maybe i was talking together but everybody was just like just hold on to it work on it on your on your own time and then pitch it later to a studio or a network or something like that and i was right. like okay there was like so what else do you have and i was like <laughs> nothing i don't have anything i had not worked on anything since five six nine i was stuck so i went into they were like i want to see something by this day because you need to get working on your pre-production or else you're first you're not gonna have any grades and two you're not ready for senior two so i had to go back into the vault and there was nothing that was developed enough except for the short film and it was called exposure and I wrote it in Nolan's. And Nolan had already precursed this, this project. He had said that this was going to be my thesis. And I laughed in his face and I said, no. And now he's laughing in my face. <laughs> right, yeah. Now he's yeah. like, look at where it is now. And right. um, he, it was so underdeveloped. It took six drafts to get it to the draft that it is now. And then it went through... Golden Rod, it went all the way into Goldenrod revisions. Um, I know that sounds crazy for a 16 page short film, but if you know how sad with was in that class, he would make you go through a whole surgery on your project. And it was a needed surgery. Yeah. It was like, I, yeah, th- yeah. I cannot thank sad with enough for pushing that for pushing the film to where it is today because if i did not cut scenes or cut certain things down 
it wouldn't be at the caliber as it is now. And I think I, I give Andrew, Sadwith, Nolan, Renee, and Chaney all of my praise because they helped me get that project to where it needed to be. And um, whether it was just feedback notes or if they were really sitting there and telling me to cut things down, whether it was sound, you know, whatever. Um, it was really, 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 that's how, I mean, it was just really most successful project I've ever worked with, um, worked on for mm -hmm. me personally. Um, so I'm very blessed to, to have that opportunity um, to work with them really closely with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, one of the cool things that uh, was so great about interviewing Jade is that we got to talk about the director editor relationship. So, um, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how, like what it was like, you know, since we've heard her side of the story or, or we'll hear in the next episode, um, what was it like, you know, during the post-production process for exposure? So the post-production process for exposure was very different. It's not that different. Right. Um, I think it was just very much of a shocker because we were going, we were all going through the same thing at the same time. Right. We were yeah. online and we were just, first of all, we we're online in class, but then we had to get off on class and then jump onto a meeting because it was just like, and it was so, and we didn't realize how hard it was because the, the, the editing portion was no different. It was like Jada would go because we had already started post-production on set. And that was the key thing. Um, Jada had created mm -hmm. a whole streamlined plan of how she wanted to do post-production from set to post-production in her own domain. This is pre-pandemic. Like we were not worried about COVID at all. So we go into, uh, she had Spencer doing a string, um, I think it's called a, a, sling, a slingshot or a string, string mm. shot, something like that. But basically what it is, I learned this, it's where they put the entire, all the clips of the film that we've, or all the takes of the clip in each scene, all in one timeline. And they basically go and they go with um, Claire, who is our script, um, Screw supervisor. There we go. Uh, they'll go with her mm. notes and my notes, and then they'll basically go through the entire film and take the takes that we want. So she had already mm. started doing that from day one. So all we had to do when we got into into post was basically just look at the assembly and um, basically edit based off of the assembly. So mm -hmm. we did that and it was just back and forth notes and back and forth notes, which took four weeks, I think. So it took almost a month to get the film to picture lock. And then after mm -hmm. that, uh, Jada had to give it up and we had to go into sound, I mean, to color. So color happened with Sam. So that was just a whole nother person to be having consistent communication with. And it wasn't like anything different, but I just couldn't physically be there to say, to see what Sam's monitor was looking like. Cause what I had to do was, I mean, everything looked, it came out nice and everything looked beautiful. But the thing was like, I was just so worried because I wasn't physically there to see it. All I saw was yeah. what I saw here. So um, that was, that was that was good. Um, the whole thing between Jada and Sam was perfect, um, or I would say perfect until we got into sound. Sound was the heaviest of everything because it was the tightest 
I guess, um, let me say not tightest, most intricate portion of the film. Um, we had a lot of uh, dubbing that we had to do um, due to some casting issues. Um, we had a lot of uh, sound correction because it was outside. Um, so we just had a lot of things to do. And also my sound team is scattered really around mm -hmm. the world, but it's really scattered around the United States. Um, you got people working in North Carolina, you got uh, my Foley and my sound effects coming out from the Bahamas, from Candace. So you, I have so much coming in and out yeah. of, it's like an airport, <laughs> um, but virtually. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, right. you got so many things coming in and coming out. And then we're also trying to graduate. Um, so yeah. I have things that I have to do. I have an EPK and I still have to work as a director. You still wear your director's hat even when you're in post-production. So just switching hats and making sure everything's going, we're promoting, I'm taking graduation pictures. Um, we're doing a virtual graduation and the film was still not done. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and then we go through a whole like still, you know, with sound took so much, it wasn't even the picture. Picture was locked by May. Um, but it just took so long for the sound to process and making sure we went through, I think, four sound um, drafts um, until they started to tune things up to and mix and mix everything hard so that it could stay. Um, but it was good. I'm very blessed to have uh, the team that I worked with because um, it was a masterpiece for them. It was something that they all put a little mm -hmm. piece of themselves in. And I think that was what made the film, how captivating it is now, honestly, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the like interesting things about the COVID times is that now everything is remote. So having to deal with that is like, of course, a, just like climbing a mountain. It's just, it's such a difficult thing. But whenever it works, it's it just is even more like, refreshing like okay we can still do this even though it's all done over like zoom or whatever <laughs> so oh, i'm glad absolutely. it was able to like work out you know yeah um it's definitely possible um you can definitely that's one thing that i learned that you can definitely work and shoot a film in through a pandemic um i've read yeah. the the guidelines and it's just um i know we're all gonna have to get used to zoning um which is something that is if you know it's just something that separates different departments on an actual mm -hmm. film set from one another uh, socially distanced, um, which is really cool. And I think it, honestly, I think it's going to help film sets because if you know, film sets are very disorganized and very cluttered and very rambunctious sometimes. So I think the zoning is going to put it at ease and make people know and delegate people to where they need to be um, at appropriate mm. times um, to help filming go smooth um, or much smoother than it, it should go. Um, so uh, it's just a change. It's just a change that we're going to have to go through. Mm. Um, we ha haven't shot anything in the pandemic yet. I've had multiple bookings that either have canceled um, or currently I just out budget them just due to costs and finances of things things cost differently now um so i think i will try to be getting back into production hopefully at the end of towards the end of this year in the latter part of this mm -hmm. year got some things coming hopefully but um 
but yeah, everything else when it comes to post-production, I mean, production itself through a pandemic, you can definitely do it mm. as long as everyone is just following the guidelines and being safe. Um, it's possible yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's been so interesting to learn about how you started in filmmaking from that high school class to like building Ivy Vision and you know now what your plans are for the future and this year and everything. So my hope is that there's someone listening to this that wants to start their own company, but maybe is just starting out in film school or something. Um, and they're just too scared to do it, or they just don't know. It's a lot of unknowns, how you start a company and all that kind of stuff. So right. if you could say one thing to that person, what would you tell them? I know you and Elizabeth had the same exact question to like, um, in your podcast. And I always, it always gets me. This question always gets me. It's like, what would you say to that person? And it's like, I don't know. I didn't have really anyone say it to me because my mom, well, okay, this is another story. I didn't have anyone say it to me because my mother, we were on vacation. Um, actually, we were looking for, we were looking at colleges in California. And we had gone shopping and I saw this jacket and it said, make things happen. And it was the cutest jacket. It's so expensive though. It was like a hundred some dollars. And my mom was like, I was like, I want this jacket. And she's like, I'm not getting that jacket. So we walk out of the store and then we go look at different things. And then she's like, she basically tells me like a little white lie. So she she's going to go do something. And she goes and buys the jacket for me. And that is like, ever since that day, because we were in California looking at film schools and my mom told me and gave me a jacket that said, make things happen. I was like, anything is possible. I don't know why they gave me such a boost, but anything is possible to do. Um, so I would basically tell you that make things happen is what I would tell that person because regardless of your financial standpoint, regardless of where you come from, who your daddy is, who your mom is, you can make things happen on your own. Um, and it's not always going to be on your own. You're going to have a team behind you, but it's you who are the driving force for that team and you are able to do it. So having that high ambition and having that vision for what you want to conquer, whether it's in film um, and creating your own company or whether it's in makeup or whether it's in sound or music, um, it could be any avenue that you want to um, do. It could be, like I told along Elizabeth, I said, you could be a, a trash picker upper. And as long as you have a passion to pick up trash, and that's your that's that's what you live and breathe baby you can make it happen and and that's for any person um so i would just that's what i would tell them i, I know that sounds very redundant but it's what's get it's what got me through college one and that's probably yeah. what's going to get me through the rest of my career because you know anything's possible you just gotta have the right people have the right and have patience have patience the right people and the right timing mm-hmm no, I think that's perfect for, for people to hear. It's good to like, you got to think it's possible. You know what I mean? So, because if you don't think it's possible, then then the whole dream falls apart. So I think that's perfect. Yes. Um, it starts with you. And it's like, you know this as a director and a producer, Wes, that if you, if you as the producer or you as a director or the writer don't believe in the project, 
your crew will not believe in the project. Meaning the project does not have faith, meaning it's going to die. So I know that sounds very harsh, but it's the truth. You, the director, the producer, the writer is the driving force in the heart of that whole project. So you have to reverberate that energy throughout your entire team or else they are not going to believe in your project or your dream, your vision like you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad that you said that because I think that's the perfect note to end on. Jill, thank you so much for doing this. Like I said at the top of the episode, it's been a long time coming, so I'm so glad we got to finally sit down. Sucks that it has yes. to be virtual. Hopefully one day we can be in the same room again. <laughs> I can't and, you know, wait. Talk about um, others in person. I know. I can't wait till everything starts to... It's not going to get back to normal, but um, once we get into a comfortability with what we got going on and everything starts to become more safe, um, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see you guys. And um, you know, hopefully, we can collaborate more than just the the you know the podcast and everything. But oh yeah, I was together. I was just about to say that I would love to talk about you know what we can do, especially this year with like, cause I feel like we both have a lot of big plans this year. So, um, seems oh, like yeah. we're on the same page um, on a lot of things. So, yes, I think, um, Shaquem, my marketing director will be sending you some emails quite, quite amazing. Quite I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Those okay. are the kind of emails I like is those, those yes. are the emails I like. Yes. So. Got some things coming. So, um, but, yeah. uh, I do have some plugs. I can I plug in some things. With yeah. I, I definitely want you to talk about the exposure tour and anything else you want to plug, please plug it. Yes. Um, that was my plug. Um, there we go. Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, the exposure tour. So we are taking the the film exposure on a four city uh, tour starting in Atlanta on January 30th. Um, super excited actually to be going to our most, I guess, I guess, um, favorable cities, I guess you could say. Um, so we're going to Houston, uh, we're starting in in Atlanta, going to Houston. Then we're going to Miami. I've never really been to Miami, so I'm excited about that. And then we're going yeah. coming to close it out in Savannah. So um, if you, I'm inviting everyone to the entire tour. But if you're listening to this, I would definitely invite you to the Savannah tour. Savannah show is going to be very much fun. Um, not not a lot of details just yet, but um, mm-hmm. the whole hopefully the whole cast will be there. Um, and we'll have all the producers and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of talkbacks and, and, um, things of that nature. So we are going to be doing a special announcement also. So you can buy your tickets on my website or on our website, ivyvision.com slash tour. Um, links Mm -hmm. are also in our social media. Um, you can find them on Wes's page somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, any links and, that um, any links to stuff that we talk about will be in the description of this episode. So uh, I'll post okay, links to everything. Cool. And I'm just checking. I'm I'm glad that you brought this up because I'm looking at my calendar. So your episode comes out February 12th, and the Houston show is February 13th. So tomorrow, yes. if you're listening to this uh, on the day it comes out, and then February 27th is Miami, and March 6th is Savannah. So if you're listening to this episode and you still haven't got a chance to get tickets to any of those shows, you uh, there's still time. So um, definitely check out the links in the description, and you can find everything. Yes, yes. So shout out to Houston. I can't wait to go home. 
and hang out with my hometown homies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll be cool. Sounds cool. That would be cool. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Wes, for having me. I, I can't wait to see what um, you do with this. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just another note to the audience. Um, we are also doing video episodes of the podcast now. So uh, check out the Tungsten Originals YouTube channel. You can find that in the link, uh, like the description uh, to this episode. And go post a comment what your thoughts were. And you can see some behind the scenes uh, pictures from exposure and other things that we talked about. And also, I've been meaning to get into the habit of uh, mentioning this. But if you rate and review the Tungsten Originals podcast on iTunes, on Apple Podcast. DM Tungsten a screenshot and let me know your address and I'll send you um, a free sticker from Tungsten. Um, the ratings on iTunes really help us out a lot. So, uh, you know, if you want a free sticker, do that and let me know you did it. Um, but yeah, awesome. thank you so much for doing this. I love gushing about our respective companies because it's such a big part of like who we are and everything. So it's like, you know, very important to us. So I I'm so that. glad to um... have someone else. Yes. Um, keep in touch about all your company moves. I love that. Um, I wish we could have like a little like organization for little up and coming film companies, like a little like, yeah, group. yeah, <laughs> that'd yeah. be cool. But, um, I love yeah, what maybe, you're maybe one day. So I can't wait. Hey, we, well, we can well, put something together. We yeah, can make it happen. We can make, we can <laughs> make things happen. <laughs> we can make things happen. <laughs> Well, that was well, great. Well, Jewel, thank great. you again. I'm so excited for this to come out. I think people will get a lot out of this episode. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week with the episode with Jaden. See you, everybody. Bye.